and this year our theme is My Safety Matters. Um, it really puts people with epilepsy and their safety right at the centre of what we're doing. Fellow homo sapiens, now heaps of us are scared of talking about or even hearing about SUDEP or sudden unexpected death in epilepsy. And by us, I am referring to some people with an epilepsy, parents, carers, and even clinicians. And now I do understand why it can be challenging, but I say we do teach people to minimize their risk of injury and death in other parts of life or with other diseases, right? And I personally wish that I had been taught about my risk of SUDEP when I was a lot younger and before I was at high risk in my thirties. Anyway, Let's hear what the CEO of SUDEP Action, Sammy Ashby, thinks for the week of SUDEP Action Day 2023. I'm Sammy Ashby. I am the chief exec at a charity called SUDEP Action. Um, I am the new chief exec. I only took over the role in August of this year, taking over from our founder, Jane, who had uh, been working at the charity since 1995 when it first started. Um, but I've been with the charity for over nine years, so it's great to be able to talk to you about it today. Fabulous. Thank you for being here. And so what, uh, who, what is Pseudip Action? Tell us what you do. Um, so Pseudip Action, we're an epilepsy charity based in the UK, but we work internationally. Um, and our main goal is to increase awareness of epilepsy risks and to tackle epilepsy deaths, including um, deaths due to SUDEP, sudden unexpected death in epilepsy, which I'll talk a little bit more about in a little while. Um, we're the only UK charity who um, provide uh, bereavement support and we uh, provide the only specialist service to help people who have lost a loved one to epilepsy as well. So our services include things like bereavement support, counselling, we have an epilepsy deaths register to learn from epilepsy deaths. Uh, we also have a special casework service that helps families who have been bereaved through the inquest process. And we also provide free information as best as we can to help health professionals, people with epilepsy and their families with the information that they need to live as safely as possible. And we don't do this all on our own. We also collaborate with as many UK and international organisations as we can um, and research teams as well and policymakers to try and really do all we can to prevent deaths and to work together to save lives. Tell us more about actually sudden unexpected death in epilepsy. So what is a sudden unexpected death in epilepsy compared to another type of death as a result of epilepsy, for instance? So SUDEP stands for Sudden Unexpected Death in Epilepsy. And its main definition is when someone with epilepsy dies and no other cause for their death can be found during post-mortem. Um, and we know that at least 21 epilepsy deaths happen each week in the UK, so it's by no means a, a rare thing. Um, and a significant number of these deaths are SUDEP. But there are other causes of epilepsy deaths, such as things like accidents, drownings, status epilepticus, suicides. Um, and we do all we can as an organisation to try and prevent all of those types of deaths and to support any loved one who has lost someone to epilepsy for any of those causes. I confess that until I met you guys, I was pretty unaware of the whole sued up situation. And even that, and we've spoken about this before, but I realised I was at very high risk of it at one point. Um, well, for a large part of my life, actually, and nobody spoke about it. It's crazy. Do you find actually that quite a lot that sometimes, well, often a few clinicians like find it difficult to talk about SUDEP? Yeah, absolutely. It, it can be a challenging conversation to have. You've already got a very unpredictable condition and to then find out that there's a risk that you can die from it as well is, is obviously something that's very worrying for people. But there is so much research out there these days and there's so many people working on this to try and find out what do we need to know? How can we keep people as safe as possible? That actually there's real hope that 
by having these conversations and talking as openly and honestly about it as possible, we can really do something to kind of stop the preventable deaths from happening, but also to help people living with epilepsy to live long, safe, happy lives. And just to sort of add to what I was saying earlier about how there are so many epilepsy deaths a week, we know that many epilepsy deaths are preventable. So previously, back as far as 2002, when there was a UK national audit on deaths, we knew that at least 42% of deaths could be stopped with better information, with better care, with better access to services. And recent research that's been uh, published in Scotland, looking at kind of a Scottish population and the people with epilepsy who died, showed that actually this could be anything up to 80% preventable. So there's a real, real opportunity here to try and change that narrative. So we're not looking at kind of 80% who have died, but actually can we have it 80% or more who have been saved by flipping the narrative and doing, right, what can we do to stop this? There's some real opportunities here to work together as health professionals, people with epilepsy, families, researchers, uh, charities. Let's do all we can together to really tackle this and help people to live as safely as possible. I, I love and agree with every single word that you have just said. And um, I, I speak to lots of uh people, fam well, families, actually, I think a lot of the families that I say I've just spoken to, they're more people that I've read about and that you have, as an organisation, have directed me towards. And is it not the case that lots of uh, parents and families just say, we wish we'd known about SUDAP before, and then maybe this, the death of our loved one could have been prevented, right? Absolutely. Uh, the vast majority of families who come to SUDAP Action, whether that's shortly after a death or many, many years down the line, um, Many of them do not know that epilepsy could be fatal. They may not have heard of the word SUDEP. Sometimes the first time they see that phrase SUDEP is on their loved one's death certificate. And that is devastating because you are left with so many what ifs. If I'd have known, could I have done something about it? If someone had told me this is a thing, maybe we should try X, Y and Z, they would have done all they can. And it leads to really, really complex kind of grief after an epilepsy death because they weren't given that knowledge. And that information is shown time and time again through our epilepsy deaths register as well, where bereaved families share information about an epilepsy death that they have understanding of. And it says time and time again that kind of they, they weren't told, they didn't know. Um, and I'll touch on kind of some of the reasons as to why that might be a little bit later when we're talking about how complex talking about risk is. Um, but it's, it's definitely something that can be changed, that should be changed. And it is slowly going in the right direction. It's, it's not all doom and gloom, but it's very much not sorted yet either. And, and we really need to be trying harder to, to tackle risk, to help people to live as safely as possible and give them the information they need to make the best choices for them. So moving on, uh, we have our SUDEP Action Day. Um, can you tell us about that? Uh, what it is, what it means, why you started it, this year's theme, etc. please? So uh, SUDEP Action Day originally started back in October 2014. It was called SUDEP Awareness Day then, but actually awareness was a bit of a soft term. And I agree. Actually, we need to go past awareness and we need to do something about it. So we rebranded it as SUDEP Action Day a few years ago. And it's basically a way to shine a light on SUDEP, on epilepsy risks, and what can be done to empower people with epilepsy to really live as safely as they can. It's all about giving them that information at their fingertips and working together to do that. So it's an international event. Um, we tend to lead it at Sudep Action, but it brings people together from across the world and it brings organisations from across the world together on one day, but it sort of drifts over an entire week uh, for a common cause of trying to help get this information out there to people who need it. Um, and this year, our theme is My Safety Matters. 
Um, it really puts people with epilepsy and their safety right at the centre of what we're doing. Because many, as we were saying a second ago, many people with epilepsy and their families still don't know about these risks. They still don't know what they can do. So we need to be out there banging that drum to make sure they're getting this information um, so that they can do something about it. Because action really is the most important part of this. Um, and it needs to change. We can't keep having these conversations year on year that risk isn't being talked about, that nothing is being done and that people are still losing their lives to something that we might be able to prevent. And it's just not acceptable. So that's why My Safety Matters is our theme this year. And I think it's really important to um, think about the context that this is happening in as well, um, because we know that epilepsy has historically been neglected as a condition. It hasn't really had government's attention. Health systems don't make it a priority. There are amazing teams around the country and around the world who are doing all they can to work on epilepsy and to put it right in the centre of their work. But as a system, it's not really focused on them. It gets quite lost. Um, and particularly then if you add on the pressures from the COVID-19 pandemic on health systems in the UK, the pressures we have on our NHS at the moment, and then things like the medicine regulation kind of issues that are going on in the UK as well. It will really get into a bit of a crisis point that if we don't put safety right at the heart of everything we do for people with epilepsy, it could be really disastrous and very, very dangerous. Um, but there's hope at the same time. Um, so things like the Epilepsy Coalition in the UK that are doing all they can to make sure regulation puts safety first. Um, the WHO's, um, the World Health Organization's Epilepsy Global Action Plan, they've put that right at the centre as a key condition to focus on. And everyone who gets involved in Pseudopraction Day as well, it's like it, they bring hope to this, that to actually together, if we work together, there's something we can do to change this. I think we shouldn't be scared to talk about stuff like this. And it sounds cheesy, and I know I've mentioned it before and in, in our conversation and in other episodes probably, but I, I feel that if we educate and talk about pseudo, we are empowering people affected by epilepsy. We're respecting them, saying, mate, these are the risks and this is how you can reduce your risk, just like we would say to somebody, a child that was about to cross the road, you might get run over, mate. So like, let's minimise your risk. Look both ways, listen, see if there's a car coming, da, 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 and just be as careful as you can. And you still might get run over, but let's get on with life, right? So how can people generally minimise their risk of pseudep, please? Or the what minimise the risk of pseudep in the one they love? Uh, that's really important. I think the, one of the first steps uh, is to really start learning about epilepsy risks. So whether you're a person with epilepsy or whether you're a family member who has someone with epilepsy, uh, what are the risks out there just generally? How might they apply to you? And kind of what can you then look to do about it? And there are loads of resources out there to help give you information about what these risks are. So our Pseudopaction website has information. There's the Exmon app for people in the UK if they want to have a look at that and learn about their risks and what's changing for them. It's also really important to speak to your health professionals about risk as well. So don't do this in isolation. Reach out to the person with effort, the epilepsy professional who looks after your epilepsy. Uh, talk to them honestly, openly about these risks as well and, and have that dialogue where you can go, right, I'm worried about this at the moment or I've read about this. I want to see how it applies to me. Can we have a talk about that? Can we see what steps we can put in place together to try and reduce the risk? Because sometimes people with epilepsy will be able to take some steps to reduce the risk. Sometimes you might need some help from your, your health professionals, whether that's about your medication or, or just the treatment changes. So really important to try and do that together. 
Um, but key things like taking your medication regularly, taking it as you've been prescribed, a really, really important first line step for reducing your risk because the fewer seizures you have, hopefully the safer you will be. So that's a really good sort of starting point for anyone. Start with getting your seizures under as best control as possible. And let's go from there and look at all the other risks as well, because it is a bit of a jigsaw puzzle that you've got to try and piece together. Um, but things like keeping an eye out for changes that you might be seeing in your epilepsy as well. So really getting to know your epilepsy well. Um, what's right for you, what's not quite right for you. Keep a track of those changes. And if you have any concerns, speak to your health professional as soon as you can, even if that means trying to reach out to them ahead of your next appointment. Don't just sit there waiting for that next appointment because we know that risk can change to become very, very dangerous very, very quickly. So take those steps. Um, and it's also really important just remember that your safety matters. So put a plan in place to know your risks, do what you can to reduce them and make sure that you're making the best decisions for yourself, for your epilepsy, for your lifestyle, don't just minimise it and kind of put it off and go, oh, well, it'd be fine. I'll look at it later or it, it won't apply to me. You are important. So really put your safety front and centre to make sure that you can live a long, happy, healthy life. And I was going to ask you, how do you think uh, uh, clinicians should address this? And I think that you've just provided a really good example of what can be said to a patient. Oh, obviously, every person with epilepsy is very different and families are very different, but you've just said it in a really sort of constructive, as positive as possible way, an empowering way. And I, I think that's really important. I think it's about being as positive as you can about it. Yes, this is a worrying topic for many people. Epilepsy is a scary condition to begin with, that it's unpredictable. And there is some reluctance among some health professionals that it could be worrying to, worrying to the patient to talk to them about this. But if you don't know, how can you take any action? You're kind of, you're, you're wandering blind through this situation. So it's really, really important that health professionals talk to their epilepsy patients about SUDEP and the wider risks linked to epilepsy mortality. And most importantly, about what you can do about it. So there's no point giving the information if you then don't give them the tools to do something to change it. Right. Um, there is this concern that patients might react really badly to having a SUDEP conversation or a risk conversation. Um, but research has shown time and time again that people with epilepsy and their families want to know about this information. They want to be told so they can do something about it. Um, and usually any negative effects that kind of happen as a result of a conversation, that first off, they fade quite quickly. Um, but also it's normally because the conversation maybe hasn't been done as well as it could be. It Maybe it wasn't done at quite the right time or it wasn't tackled in a positive way. Um, so it, it's often something that fades over time and actually it doesn't mean you shouldn't have the conversation, even if maybe it goes badly the very first time. Um, other health conditions do this really well. Yeah. So asthma, diabetes, and even, even things like cancer, which I know is slightly different, but they are very open about the risk you might face if you don't do X and Y. If you don't take your inhaler, you could have a really serious asthma attack. It could lead to you dying. They're very upfront about this, but we seem to have a bit of a... A problem of doing this in epilepsy care as a routine standard we it's like an added air of mystery and and it's, it's just not right really um but we've learned from research um that we've collaborated on that actually it takes a long time for this risk information to really sink in for people anyone who's gone to a health appointment where you're talking about something quite serious or a health condition you get a lot of information thrown at you um so it's very easy to lose track of what's said or just to pick up on little snippets so it's really important that this information is shared repeatedly, that you come back to it time and time again. 
um, that you you take your time and explain it as clearly as possible. Um, it, it's it's not something that you can kind of just do once and say, yeah, job done, because this conversation takes a while to sink in and you can't just tick it off your list and say, yes, I've talked about SUDEP, job done. A lot of the time we'll forget what we've been told anyway. Uh, and often we'll forget, um, I think as, as a species, often humans forget stuff that can be quite scary. So just, yeah, I think we need reminding. It's a bit like reminding people, even into adulthood, we need that reminding of risk and minimising risk, right? Lots of information is bombarded at you. We know that memory issues can be common for people with epilepsy. So it's about doing all you can to, as a health professional to put those steps in place to give them that information um, so that they can come back to it time and time again. So even if you as a health professional have really limited time, we know appointment times are not as long as they need to be. We know that there's often, they're often running late. You've got a million and one things you need to cover in a tiny little appointment. And it, it can be really easy to just quickly glance over certain things because you need to get the medication right or whatever it is that the patient is really, really focused on addressing in that appointment. But finding that time to have the conversation and come back to it, thinking of what methods you might be able to use to follow up with that information. Do you need to provide them with a leaflet that they can kind of take away and go, right, these are the key bits I need you to read and let's talk about them next time. So that they've got something to hang on to can be really important. And that's why we created our pseudo and seizure safety checklist a few years ago, um, which you can get in the UK and in Australia, because... It helps give that structure to these conversations, which can be quite challenging. It gives you an evidence base as to why you're talking about these risks with your patients. So if you've got a particularly inquisitive one and they're like, why are you asking me about nighttime seizures? You can give them that information. But more importantly, it gives a space to write down what are you going to do about these risks? So we haven't just shared information in a one-way dialogue. We've ha actually had a two-way conversation about what we're going to do to help live safely. Um, and that can be, once it's filled in, it can be printed off and given to the patients as well. So they can physically take something home to, to look back on and go, right, OK, yeah, this is what we discussed. Or, or actually, I've got a bit of a question about that thing that's written there. Maybe I'll follow up on that rather than having to rely on your own memory and, and what was said. Because we've also known from the research I was talking about earlier that actually sometimes what is said is very much not is what being heard by the patients. So health professionals can be absolutely sure that they've had the best risk conversation ever and that they've covered all the really key points. But when you speak to people with epilepsy on the other end of those conversations, it's not always heard exactly as they would have hoped. So we're continuing to do work as an organisation to unpick this. How can we have really impactful, really positive, really helpful risk conversations? How can we help health professionals to do this really well? But in the meantime, it's about using whatever tools we've got, whether that's a checklist, whether that's an information leaflet, whether that's a follow up letter or a follow up phone call. Make sure that risk is a really core part of what you're doing, that it's not just a one off that you do every so often. And once that box is ticked, you move on because safety matters. And we really need to make sure that people with epilepsy can do all they can to live as safely as possible. Thank you to Sammy for her insight and indeed her leadership and influence of people with an epilepsy, carers, clinicians, researchers and other key opinion leaders when it comes to minimising people's SUDEP risk, to helping us all relax as much as possible and indeed providing support to families affected by SUDEP from all around the world. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>